Ladies and gentlemen, once again, I don't feel like trying to advise this or anything. It has a signal, but anyway, Hello. He said he changed his input. Inputs, inputs. Inputs. Hi, Dan. I can hear you now. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 I got the old Skype, but it's still Skype. Skype is Skype. That's what they say. That's what my granddaddy always used to say. Why should it be that you and I should get along so awfully? Skype is Skype. <laughs> hmm. How you doing? Good. You sound a little recuperated, a little better. Oh, no. I sound, I sound, I hope I sound good. I just ate a crumble. So uh, I might have a little, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, uh, Barry Loogie. Did you know that reference, Mach Sounds German. It's totally German. Mach Machau. You never heard that? Mm-mm. Should I be um, offended? <laughs> you should be offended by everything, Dan. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of part of your deal, right? I guess. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, here we go. <clears throat> uh, so uh, when the Beatles were playing in Hamburg, said that to you in the robot, um, <clears throat> the guy at one of the clubs, you know, they used to play like for hours and hours and hours. And before, when they were trying to get ready to go on, let me just read you what it says here, because Wikipedia is always right. Um, yeah, so when, uh, when, uh, this, the, when the guy who ran the club wanted, the, wanted them to go on, he'd go, Max Show, Max Show, which is, I think, translates roughly to make show. Could mean something else. Make show. Make show. Get out there. Hmm. Go rock. Rock it out. Mm-hmm. I think they took a lot of the amphetamines then. You know, they had to play a lot. They were playing, like, sometimes they, I think they would play like eight hours a day. That's how they got good. You mean practicing or playing, like, on the road? Practicing or rehearsing. <laughs> Is there a difference or a big difference? I had a friend who used to correct me on that all the time. I'd say, I'd say we're going to, what time is practice? And he would say, you mean rehearsal? I think practice is when you sit there and do your Yngwie scales, and rehearsal is like when you're doing songs. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm not in the Beatles. I don't know. Mach Shao. Playing improved at the Kaiser Keller, which I think, uh, I think that means rat cellar. <laughs> Every song lasted 20 minutes, 20 solos. Da-da-da-da. The Beatles uh, have been used to simply standing still when they perform, but uh, Koshmider, Koshmider, Mr. Kosh, Herr, Herr Koshmider, would come to the front of the stage and loudly shout, mock shall, mock shall, make a show for the customers, roughly translated. So you, your topic suggestion for today was changing one's inputs. Oh, no, I apologize. That was me just saying that Skype doesn't work. Changing that would your be good. inputs. That would, be, that would be changing your inputs. Yeah. I'd like to hear more about that. I don't know what that means. I don't either. That's why it's a great topic. I come in and I know too much about the topic. You tell me what the topic is. You tell me you're the one with the conference card. You tell me. Can you tell me about South by Southwest? What can I say? What, what, can, what can someone who hasn't gone say? Oh, my God. I picked some people up. We went to lunch. You're, you're, I, I you, are liter- you are literally impenetrable. Literally. I told you last week I wasn't going. Picked up what, some What is it you kept inviting me to come to then? That you well, kept I, demanding When I found out that to. you weren't going, there was not, not something it's I would just, go to. No point then. You yeah. moved to Austin ex- ex- explicitly so that you could go to these things. <laughs> right. You could use Foursquare and tell people where you're standing. <laughs> what is Foursquare? I don't know. What's the one you use? Usually you use uh, Gorilla? What is the one I you used, use? I used the Gorilla while they were in, in business because they were a local company. I wanted to support them. You're telling me they're not in business anymore. Mm. Is it one of those JQ type things? Did they get somebody yes. bought it? They just let it go? Yes. Oh, that's weak, no, man. No, they ran out of money or something. Oh, see, that happens. I do that. You're familiar with that, living in San oh, Francisco. I'm, I'm super familiar with running out of money. It's called, they call it cash flow. 
The um the uh, uh I used to use Brightkite. I really miss Brightkite. I remember that. Well, Brightkite. I said this before, and actually had a uh, ask Metafilter on this that I've never found an answer to. You know, my wife and I used it like a two person Twitter. Hmm. Like we were each other's. We each had totally phony baloney names, so nobody could find us and put us in their circle. <laughs> and we just used it as a way to like. I've said this a million times, but it was incredibly useful uh, as a way to very quickly tell somebody uh, definitely one thing, which is your location. Right. You just send them your location. Uh, secondarily, you might include a message a la Twitter. And third, you can send stuff like a, like a photo. So I could be at the Lucky getting ready to drive home, take a picture of my kid in the car seat, and she'd know we'll be home in 10 minutes. You know? But, you know, there's no model in privacy. Josh? And... Um, <laughs> Right? I mean, that's the problem. And yeah. so you, at the point when I d- deleted our accounts, uh, I think they had decided they were trying to become like some kind of, uh, you know, Skype junior, I guess, some kind of thing where you, hmm. they, you know, they did that thing that a lot of startups or small companies end up having to do that is sometimes really smart, which is deciding, oh, we're actually about this thing instead of that thing. And the, the this thing of, of Brightkite, I guess they were having to compete with people like Godwalla. Is that what they're called? Is that the juice Go, people? Godwalla. Who am I thinking of? Shell? Royal Dutch Shell? Anyway, um, and so we, uh, we stopped using it. I tried using it for a while as a group thing, but... Um, Never use this bump? No, I don't know what that is. I didn't know what is it is, too. That, is that the thing that calls all your friends? No, apparently I'm very late to this party. Everybody says, oh, this this has been out for decades, but... This is an app you put on your on your uh, iPhone, and then you have like uh, like pictures that you want to share with somebody. And hmm. instead of having to message or email it to them, you you're holding your phone in your in your hand like a monkey paw, like a monkey fist. I have, and had then this. you you bump your monkey paw against the other person's monkey paw, monkey and, paw. and the two phones know that because of the the same essentially the same geolocation. And the same instant of being bumped mm-hmm. that they're supposed to talk to it. So it'll say, oh, this person is giving you their contact and yeah. they're giving you. So you allow it and then it sends you their contact info and it sends you that the photo or the multiple photos that you're sending. What that's is, what I first heard it being used for. And what is this thing you're saying? Oh, I just sent you a funny screen grab from the uh, increasingly uh, execrable Google. It's only um, going to take nine minutes to transfer from you. Well, that's good. Oh, you know what? Don't do that because we're on the, on the <laughs> Skype. You don't want to do that. All right. Delete, delete, escape, escape. I like it. I'm going to let go. Well, apparently Robert Scoble shared this on Google+, and then there's an interview with Robert Scoble talking about Bump. So that's there. And then a bunch of pictures I took. I used to collect pictures of uh, gossip magazines that had pictures uh, on the cover that were titled with the word Baby Bump. And so those are all here now, too. My own, I can see my own pictures, which is super handy. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, see, now that's interesting, because I first heard the value proposition people told me with Bump is that you know, you meet somebody and you want to give them your record or whatever. Right. You bump and you can do that. I, I, it became one of those things though. It was, it was one of those like, you know, I have a ham radio kind of things where you would say to somebody, do you have bump? Let's do bump. It never became something that was like muscle memory. It's like QR codes. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see a lot of QR codes in a few years. I heard uh, while I was in the, uh, one of the it's comic book store, I heard one guy telling another guy that his, his friend just got a QR code tattooed onto his arm. Oh, they were out of 8-tracks? Tattooed a QR code. <sighs> I did, Dan, shouldn't there, shouldn't there be some kind of a vetting 
You know what? I'm sorry. I'm not going to talk about tattoos. I get in trouble. That, okay, great. Do you That's have one? Super. Hmm? Do you have, I have a tattoo? What, I have what they call a sleeve. Oh, the whole, but like both arms or just one arm? No, I just have the uh, kanji symbol for bad decision tattooed 85 times. <laughs> mm. I think you'd look good with like a neck tattoo. Oh, really? What, what, like what kind? What would it say on it? Would it be like an ad or, or would it be like, would it look like armor? What would it be? Goth- gothic lettering or something like that. Oh, black, gothic black letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That comes up like a crawl from your, uh, you know, your, your, like your chest up the side of the neck, like a wraparound. Oh, okay. I could do that. What's life? Get wings Crush. put on your back. <laughs> devil wings. <laughs> devil wings? Yeah. The devil, the devils have wings? The best ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that uh, the girl from My So-Called Life in that Soul Asylum video. Same deal. Huh. Um, QR codes. Um, what was I, I going to say about QR codes? Oh, yeah. So I think I told you this already, but <laughs> I, I don't like QR codes. I think they're funny. I think they're silly. I, QR, I see a QR code, and for some reason, all that goes through my head is Android phone. I don't know why. I've never seen anybody with an iPhone sitting around scanning things. I, I got an app to do that once, and... <laughs> I, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with that. Like, what is it? I don't, anyway, whatever. But what's great is, um, you know how, like, when you fly now, it used to be they would, you know, there's all the theater around flying now. And so when you fly, they say, ladies and gentlemen, once again, electronic devices or anything that has a signal. And they go, and remember, you must be powered all the way down, airplane mode. Oh, yeah, I know. Because booga, 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 you're going to search my shoes for explosives, but my phone might make the, make the plane blow up. Okay, whatever. So you're supposed to power it all the way down, right? You cannot have an electronic device on, right? When when they tell you that, right? Right. So now they got ads running in the back of the seat in front of you. My hand to God, the last flight I took, there were numerous, numerous, numerous ads running that had QR codes on them. Which is really super helpful because I have a phone that I'm not allowed <laughs> to turn on. Right. Boy, I'll tell you, they call that, uh, they call that vertical integration. <laughs> Okay, so this is exhausting. I don't want to. You've been so excited for so long about the South by Southwest. I'm guessing you I thought you were going. I thought you and, and John Gruber were going to be there. Jim Kudall. Literally, literally impenetrable. Now, did you get to see? Uh, it sounds like you saw some people. You, you, I saw you toot about it a little bit. A few people that were interested in, in leaving town and going to Driftwood to get some barbecue picked them up, took them out that way. Is that code for something? Is that a sex thing? I don't know. You know if you were here. Okay, I don't know. It might be one. Of, it might be one of those Texas things, like uh, steer horning. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. You ever heard of steer horning? No. Huh. I'm, I'm still new to town. What about saddle horning? You ever done that? No. Lady horse with a lady horse. You never heard of that? Is okay. this like a Chicago steamer? Oh, you're, I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the uh, the Cleveland steamer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's when you get a uh, chili dog uh, with a donkey punch. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I uh, figured that you would at least. I want to mention this in our, in our thing later, but did you go to the Giant Squarespace food truck? Have you been to this? Uh, no, I have not been to that. Jesus, H. Louise, what? Okay, let's move on. I don't understand, Dan. I, you've got your conference thing. You've been crowing about this past year. I'm, so I'm going to go down there and, and visit the truck because Ryan's out there. Little Ryan's there. You know, they can't let him work there. He's too little. I know that he's apparently, it's, an, it's like an age law in Texas, but, uh, but he's there. He's there till the 19th, so I'll be seeing That's him this right. week. Yeah, yeah, and you got to be 15 to work there. Right. I put this in the show note dealy, but uh, they have a cool thing. This is a great, we should talk about this in the thing, but uh, they have a really cool responsive uh, site thing for the food truck. It's pretty cool. Anyway, the food truck is there, I think, every day till the 17th. Is that right? Yeah, the, it's, it's there. So if you're listening to this and you're here in Austin or you're in South By or you're planning to go, 
they're there through the end of the week. You go to this truck, and they've got like all the best places making the food for this truck. Like, I don't know. Do you watch this uh, this Top Chef? Mm-hmm. They yeah. just had the Top Chef uh, Texas, and the guy. I don't. Uh, spoiler alert. Mm. Okay, so fast forward for thirty seconds. Okay, they're gone. Uh, if you're listening at double speed, uh, fast forward 15 seconds. The guy, Paul from Austin won, he won the competition. He's in the, He's apparently in the truck cooking in the truck. Wow. Does he, did, did he mean to be there? Was he Shanghai? <laughs> no, I think, are you saying that cause he's Asian Shanghai? I don't know. I'm not going to work ping pong. I listen to my own podcast too much. Austin.sqsp.com because it's a Squarespace six site. Oh, nice. Austin.squarespace.com. And then uh, drag the uh, portal, drag your page to the left, and it's responsive. Isn't that kind of cool? I don't know. You know, the responsive stuff is amazing. The responsive stuff completely blows my mind. So, you know, used to be have to do all this crazy JavaScript and all the CSS in the right order, in the right comments. Remember that? Like the, I, I mean, obviously, you know this, but I was just kind of the end of my web development, quote-unquote, <laughs> career, quote-unquote, was... Uh, uh, I was, it was coming to an end right around the time that you had to do all the crazy stuff with what you put in which comments to get which version of IE to not explode when it hit the page. Do people still have to do that? Don't, don't haven't some people just said, that's it, we're done with 5 and 6? Most people that I know are done with IE entirely. I thought IE got a lot better. I thought this was the confusing part. I thought we liked, we thought we liked Windows now. We liked, uh, sorry, Microsoft. There's no difference. Microsoft and Windows, is one. it's the same thing. I make that mistake all the time. That's an awful mistake to make. Hmm. Hmm. You know what's interesting? I was looking at the page for... I was trying to figure out all the stuff that's new in iOS 5.1, which is useless to Google for because it's a lot of <laughs> spamming pages. But um, it's interesting that they're calling it uh, the post-PC. I guess you guys probably talk about this on your other shows. But it's interesting that they're calling it like a, a post-PC device. Post-PC devices, right? Post-PC... Right. The post-PC era. We're in the post-PC era. All right. I mean, the, and the incredibly obvious thing that a million people must have already said is it's funny that they wouldn't say post-desktop or post-computer or certainly post-Mac. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome that they would just say post-PC. That's pretty funny. Because PC, when you think of a PC, don't you think of a Windows machine? Well, I, I always have. But I think even Apple will re- occasionally refer to Mac as a, as a personal computer or a PC. I've heard it. As strange as that sounds, I've heard that. Done. Really? It always right. yeah, it freaks me communications. Yeah. Freaks me out. Huh. Freaks me out a little bit. I've heard it called a home vax. I, I think you're thinking of VMS. Oh, okay. Now what's Solaris? Is that the one Sun did? Yeah, Sun did Solaris up to okay. four point one four and then it became Solaris two. Okay. And Java. And then the all of a sudden that, it went to Solaris nine. Java's the thing that, that takes up all my uh CPU, is that right? Mm, that's flash. Um, okay. I think it might be Chrome that does that. It really pegs out my Java big time. Yeah, you don't want to get pegged. You don't want to get pegged. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> they call that steer roping. Is that? I'm going to have to Google this. Yeah, it's Urban Dictionary is what it's called. You ever give somebody an Urban Dictionary? <laughs> you can upvote if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did I write down here? I'm button this up? Yeah, I love you. Love you too, Marlon, man. So I got the food truck. Um, anything else? Any other follow up? I should start doing the Syracuse thing where I say what I got wrong, but then that we just wouldn't have a show anymore. That's be all there is. Uh, last couple episodes have been <laughs> That's good. The same thing for his show. Yeah, boy, I, I, I said this. I said this on uh, the internet, but wow, his TiVo thing. Oh. I, 
IGN. Oh. Was like, I was like, you were imbued. That was a top five series. That was a toast level moment. Oh, man. <laughs> join us. Timo, join us in civilization. Yeah. Like an animal. Fast forwarding like an animal. <laughs> the other ones you couldn't even sit on. <laughs> go, ahead, um, go ahead, sit in it, pal. <laughs> watch the wall. <laughs> watch the, the wall with the rock. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, TiVo, we, I just got charged for our yearly TiVo thing, like 160 bucks, even though we haven't had a TiVo plugged in for months and months. So <laughs> right. I think I want to contest that. Lifetime account. You know, I hate to say it, but it's true. We got a, I remember it was right around nine, uh, nine 11. We got a, we got a TiVo and I do remember in subsequent, it just felt like it kept getting pokier and pokier. And I also remember when it was hooked up to our 1080i TV, because it's like 60 years old, it was so funny how you drop into certain menus and it, w- it would suddenly look like a JPEG, like somebody made in their computer science class. It was so weird. Like the whole look would change. Like if you went <laughs> yeah. into the net, specifically, I think it was in the Netflix, you know, sub menu. <laughs> it looked ridiculous. It looked like somebody in a different company made. Now, when you guys were talking about that, we're talking here about the last hypercritical. Uh, which is uh, which had a slash in it, which was kind of weird. Is that a backslash? Is that to control something out because of a space? No, he he wanted that in there. Okay. Hmm. Shouldn't he use like a control character or something for that? No, that's what he wanted. Okay. All right. Well, is that going to keep? His, will his will his show description still be machine readable in sixty years? I hope so. I know it's a concern. <sighs> concern when it, when exporting, it's a concern. You know, that's his problem with Markdown. He's <laughs> worried it won't be machine readable, right? Yes, that is his yeah. biggest worry. In life. That's tough. That is tough. They come up with that UTF nine. We're screwed. Nine point um, <laughs> But uh, what was I going to agree with that he said uh, or that you said? I don't remember. It was a good show. It was a good show. And um, uh, uh, so, so I forgot something with Netflix. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was a good show. Um. So that's it. You you didn't go. You didn't go at all. You didn't go have barbecue. You didn't go. You just went to barbecue at uh, Saddlehorns. Is that the only place you went? Yeah, you know, a lot of crowd and everything, all the people. So I just, you know. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me understand. You're saying you didn't go because there was a big crowd and it wasn't all that fun? No, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be any, able to attend any of the sessions. So just going down there, you hang out, you see some people, you take them to go get some good barbecue and you, you drop them back off their hotels. Is that right? Yeah. This is what people wow. with, with a car can do. They can do this. Yeah. Boy, I wish I'd thought of that. I know. And if wow. you'd if you'd come here, then it would have been different. I would have so you're spent the me whole the time there. I want to spend as, the whole time there. If you'd as been you there. sit here, two time zones away from me, you're telling me if I come out there, it would have been a whole different show for you because we would have met for one thing. I would have, I would have been shadowing you the whole time, just learning, just learning. I would have been learning. shadowing you. Are you kidding me? I'd be taking notes. I'd have to stop and say, "Stop, Dan. I need I need a minute." Put all the different thoughts together. Watch how you operate. Yeah. Watch people come up and be so confused talking to you. I don't think that happens. <laughs> I don't have time to talk. I am moving. <laughs> Barbecue. <laughs> that has gluten. gluten. I like this new thing you do. No, no, you can't overdo it. Um, um. Did you like record? You recorded the new episode of of um. You look nice today. I am not going to sit here and pretend that I'm not super excited about this. This is awesome. Put that in in your show notes. It's not a pimping thing. It's just a me happy thing. I'm very happy. Very happy. First episode uh, in something like 18 months. Wow. Should, I know you've been dreading this question, but does this mean that 
you we're going to get more of these or should I not ask that? Because I haven't listened and, to it yet. I'm Buddhist, so nervous. And nothing, so nervous to listen to anything. it. Nothing means anything. You're clinging to nothing. Okay. Enjoy it. It's a good episode. All right. Scott, Scott's in fuego. It's really good. Anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Actually, you know, one other thing, this is not a pimp because there's nothing to pimp, but uh, I'm, you know what I'm excited about? On Wednesday, I'm going to be on a podcast with the Phantom Editor. Here's, here's, my, new, here's my new Twitter friend. The Phantom Editor. I'm Googling that. Oh, God damn Inside oh, of my fan, pod, the Phantom Editor, the guy who did the Phantom Edit, the Star Wars. Phantom Edit, that is not Star Wars I have seen. That's it cool. Is, uh, and he did, but you know what's even better? If you watch the Phantom Edit, you think it can't get any better than that, right? It's as good as it gets. Where do you see Attack of the Phantom? Wow, well, he, I haven't seen either one of them. So. Oh, dude, he fixes the hell out of uh, episode two. It takes out like 20 minutes. It's really good. The whole diner scene. With the with the with the guy the uh, Mel's diner guy in the uh-huh. greasy shirt and all the arms gone, younglings where'd that planet go? Gone, 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 gone. And he takes out everything where Anakin looks stupid to make him look less stupid. Ditto, Jar Jar. Great commentary track. Um, so I'm doing that on Kanan uh, Kanan Flowers' Discovery Thinking Show. So that'll be out. I don't know when Kanan puts those things out, but that's exciting. So I met them. I'm meeting the Phantom Editor. I'm pretty excited about that. button this up <laughs> yeah let's do it <laughs> i had kind of an idea for a topic but i don't know do you want to talk about changing inputs i, 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 that, I don't that know what be... it means i think it, it thought i thought it was a topic and i was thought wow that was a good topic i could do two hours on changing inputs i don't even know what it means but i already could tell you what i would say about all that, right but... let's hear it go really yeah uh what what should we be paying attention to that we're not paying attention to is that a question or is it rhetorical and you're going to answer it is it a question? Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, but... No, Walter, you're not wrong. Um, I, well, you know, for me, this is, this is something I'm uh, obsessed with. Is, yes. You know, the time and attention thing, but especially, you know, attention to me gets short shrift compared to time management. Everybody talks about managing their time. I know this is an old thing. If you've ever heard me talk, you've probably heard this eventually because I literally never stopped talking, but... Uh, in my view, um, productivity, uh, the productivity space in general uh, in the modern age, well, for forever time, it's been about time management. Productivity, I think if you go back to the industrial age, is about making more stuff in less time. Even today, we look at what is the productivity of our country or, you know, of our, you know what I mean? You, you look at how much work you got out of people. <laughs> that's, that's what productivity means in an, uh, like, you know, in a manufacturing and uh, context, I guess, or just, you know, just in making stuff in general. I mean, how many widgets could we push out for this amount of money and time? And so, you know, in looking at how productivity and self-help stuff has gone over the last, whatever, 60, 80 years, time management has become really important. This is just a slight rehash, but, um, you know, managing your time. Are, are you, are you, do you, are you spending time where you should be spending your time? Are you, you know, not wasting time, 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 time. And then the introduction that's made this more interesting over the last 30 or 40 years has been the idea of adding in levels of priority and saying, well, are you spending your time on good things, right? You, even if you manage your time really well and so forth, you get the Stephen Covey stuff. And the way I, for me these days, I just think of it in terms of time and attention that you have to use those together. And I feel like you still don't hear people talking enough about attention per se. There are now, there's books about this out, you know, talking about these sorts of things, but I still feel like it's something we can lose track of, especially when we're trying to get more productive and to do all these life hackery kind of things with, you know, uh, I'm sorry to beat up on life hacker. It's a great site, great resource. 
Um, but there are, there are, it's much easier to manage your time in some ways because it's easier to get your head around. You understand the idea of hours in a day, even if you don't always acknowledge it in an intelligent way. I mean, but while there's probably, if you think about all the apps and technology and tricks and systems, it's a lot easier to get your head around time and managing time because you can look at a calendar, right? You can look at a calendar and go, okay, I understand. There's three days until this thing is due. There's an hour before lunch. I have a meeting that's seven hours long, whatever. You can, and you can get your head around time. You know how a clock works. But I think attention is much more slippery. Um, and, and, and certainly, obviously, these factor into each other because if you're paying a lot of attention to Facebook, you're probably also spending a fair amount of time on Facebook, right? If you're paying a lot of attention uh, to reading the Huffington Post, then you're probably spending time there. But, you know, it's, I think attention is really slippery because in this, uh, I don't want to go to Buddhist thing here, but, but if we're not mindful about where our attention goes, we, we may not even notice where it's going, let alone where it's, that it's going to uh, things that are good or wholesome or useful or, or whatever. And if your attention is not going to things that end up being valuable to you, you can be damn sure your time's going to follow it. Sensible so far? Yeah, I'm with you. So there's a couple of angles. Well, there's probably 50 angles we could take on this in terms of changing inputs. I'm always interested in the idea of the media diet, like trying to have a more wholesome media diet, um, minimizing the number of inputs you have to focus on high-quality ones, how you look at things. There's always the problem of discoverability on the web, right? Now that it's so easy to Google for exactly the thing we want, are we missing out on exciting new things? Um, Those are some kind of trivial ones, but does this appeal to you? I love it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this is what you had in, in mind. It's not. I want to talk about something else. Oh. But this is good. I like this. Yeah, I had another good one. We can save it for another time. Okay. Um, and here's the other part that's slippery about this, and, and the part that makes this more than just another eye-rolling pro, you know, personal productivity thing, is that, again, to just reiterate my own theory on this, I do think, I think time and attention work hand-in-hand. They're the yin and yang, sides of a coin, however you want to think about it. And, and as I've said so many times on here, I think that um, if you learn how to uh, use your time well, you, if, you, if you are diligent about spending time on the things that you care a lot about, then you are rewarded by learning where next to focus your attention. And as you get better at learning where to focus your attention, you can't help but spend your time in better ways. Right, so all the classic problems that we run into, things like procrastination, or uh, things like you know feeling like we're not where we want to be, feeling like we're um, squandering our youth, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. Right. A lot of those, um, the, the trivial answer has been, well, are you managing your time well? I think the tougher thing is, are you managing your attention well? Um, because as we've just uh, addressed on so many shows. If you're not paying attention to the right things, if you're not asking the right questions, if you're not meeting, I don't want to say the right people, but I'll say the right people. If you're not, you know, making increasingly smarter friends, you're not going to get smarter. If you're satisfied to always feel like the smartest kid in the class and not challenge yourself, well, you're probably paying attention to things that aren't particularly interesting and aren't going to really drive you forward. But the, the, slippery, the slippery part of that is it does require a certain amount of mindfulness, like you can, you know, if you just sit and uh, like set alarms for everything in your life, uh, you, on one hand, you don't have to be that mindful about time. An alarm can tell you when to wake up. An alarm can tell you when to go home. An alarm can tell you lots of things. There can be lots of ways to fake yourself into managing your time, but it's very difficult to manage your attention because it does require a lot of mindfulness. Um, 
I mean, for people with me, that means I could disappear into some kind of little project involving my markdown setup. And if I let my attention go to that for too long, longer than needs to be, I might not only be wasting my time, I might be unintentionally avoiding something more challenging, more difficult, more painful that I, that I sh- maybe should be working on. And, that, and of course, then that, that's a form of, of procrastination, right? Um, so I think we could take any number of angles, but I think I told you before about this app I used to run. I don't run it much these days, but um, if anybody out there uh, has a, a Mac PC, <laughs> um, you can run this. There's several apps like this, but one I like a lot is called Rescue Time. And it just runs in the background. And you know, when you're doing your stuff on your computer from you know, day to day, minute to minute, you would only ever notice it as an icon in your menu bar. But it's a very clever program that basically just watches what you do and remembers it. So um, on a basic level, it remembers, you know, what application you were in. And I think it pulls like every minute or so. It's, it's not a huge, you know, CPU drain or anything, but just watches where you are. So it'll, it'll say, okay, you were in TextMate at these times. You were, you know, in Safari at these times or, or whatever, the desktop. Um, but it gets better because it can also track every web page you look at. And, you know, and again, like this is creepy if you do it to your employees, but <laughs> if you do it to yourself, it's ridiculously instructive. <laughs> Because it'll actually show you, and I'm, the only problem, the reason, I'll tell you the truth, the reason I think I stopped using it, and this was well over a year ago, I stopped using it because, because of the strange nature of, I don't know the technical term for it, but the way TextMate has like a slightly different understanding of like a, like a text field. I'm sorry, I'm not a developer. But if, you, if I were doing stuff in TextEdit, it would remember what document I was in. Right. And it's not as great at that in TextMate. It might be now. But I'll tell you what it will do is remember every web page you look at. And it, it, like I say, you don't have to look at this. But what this will do, this gets to so much of the stuff we obsess about on here, because it, you know, it stops being this thing about who you think you are. You know, in my case, as I've said, I, I, I don't consider myself the kind of person who would spend three hours a day trying to write funny toots for Twitter. That's ridiculous. What adult would do that? But if I open that thing up and say, show me you know, where my day went, you can look at it by time, right? It'll show you like where you were in different places. What's really cool is as it gathers more information about you, you can tell it, okay, if I'm doing things in the finder, put that under like maintenance. If I'm doing things in TextMate, in your case, you might say that counts as coding. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing stuff on 5x5.tv, you know, slash star, like anything there, I'm doing work for 5x5 and so forth. Um, it, you know, and again, you don't have to like overdo that. But what I would say is if you can't like run this, runs this or something like it for a week and don't le- look, look at it, don't think about it, just do what you do. But if you go back and look at it, you can see these charts. This sounds fiddly, but I don't think it is. And it tells you everything about, at least when you're on the computer, where you spent your time. And you can go in afterward and say, okay, well, that missing block there was when I was at lunch. You know, and it'll, it'll do stuff like I think it'll, you tell it how long to keep tracking something when there's no activity. So it'll like sort of time out and say, okay, well, you know what I mean? In other words, if you leave this open and you're gone, it yeah. wouldn't count as eight hours overnight. And it understands oh. the idle time, the concept of idle time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you um, still use, speaking of idle time, do you still use that spirited way? You know, I do. Um, I end up shutting it off sometimes, but I... Uh, this I, is a little app that, that it checks your running apps. It sees which one is running. If it isn't active for however much time you want to set, mm-hmm. it hides it. It just command H. That's all it Spirits does. It away. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't quit the app. It just puts it so that you don't see it anymore. 
Yeah, and so it looks like, like I've got it up here now. It looks like a little uh, Pac-Man ghost. Yeah, the green one. Your, do you still use it? Yeah. And then what's neat is uh, it's got an exclude list. So I could say, for example, never, you know, never hide Pathfinder or Finder. Um, but I can see every other app that's running in here. And, you know, like I say, if you want to always have something on top, like if you're writing a lot and you want marked.app to always be, you know, open, you can set that. You can also just set the whole thing to just shut off. But, but essentially what it does... I've got mine set to, I think, almost the highest it'll go. Mine's set to 600 seconds. So what is that, 10 minutes? Um, I used to have it for less, but um, it's neat. I, it, it'll basically uh, clean up your, what, your short-term interface. Like, you just don't have to see a bunch of stuff. I've also got a plugin for Chrome uh, that closes tabs that have been open for a certain amount of time, which I can see why some people would never in a million years want that, but I do, because I'm happy to just retire that. It's in history if I need it, but... Um, I, and you know, what's interesting to me about that is, is in the same, like Hazel, I don't consider that part of the whole, I guess in some ways it could be part of the whole distraction free racket, but I think of it more as like, I just want my computer to do stuff for me that I shouldn't have to think about. Right. It's almost, it's almost the way that you know that iOS is taking care of the apps and the memory management, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You, you want the computer to be a little bit somehow more aware of what you're doing and how you're working. Right. And so here's two ends of a continuum. An extreme example is, you know, I, I do think you, I don't know if I buy into that argument that we're like getting stupider because we don't have to remember things. I'm, I'm not so persuaded about that. I mean, I think you should learn lots of stuff, but I mean, I think Einstein himself said, you know, never memorize anything you could look up. Anyway, that's a different argument. But on the one end of the spectrum, I think I would say that like if you're setting 10 alarms or 15 alarms through the day, you're just a slightly more advanced version of sticky note guy. Like you're, you're, you're not doing, you're not caring a lot about what you do. If you have to be reminded, you're either don't care about it or you're doing too much. And I don't have another explanation for that. If you have an explanation for that, well, great. Go set some more alarms on the one end. Like that's way too much alarm stuff. But on the other end, I'm not sure it makes me a better, smarter and more mindful person to have to remember to back up. I I like automated backup. I, you know, I've got, uh, uh, super duper set to do nightly backups. And then I, uh, I haven't done this. Actually, I need to redo this because I changed something in OmniFocus. But I also get a monthly reminder alternating to do monthly offsite backups to remind me to pop this out of the Mac Pro and take it home. Um, I don't want to have to think about that. And as I've said uh, before, I got to stop saying that. That's so annoying. Um, OmniFocus is in some ways or whatever your J Random task app is. I, love, I put stuff in OmniFocus I don't want to have to think about. That's why it's there. Like tonight, it's garbage night. But I don't want to have to remember it's garbage night. If I come home and I'm tired, I want it to go, okay, you're at home, beep, take out the trash. Because if I forget that, we're going to have two weeks of trash out there because our MOOC neighbors never take it out. So I'll have to do that. No offense. I don't think that that's the kind of attention that I'm happy to shunt off to something else, right? Um, On the other hand, or like for birthdays, remembering birthdays, like wouldn't it be better to put your attention into picking out a good gift than than worrying if you're forgetting a birthday? I think that's sensible. It's what Cory Doctor has called an outboard brain. I use the term slightly differently, but you know, entrusting things uh, that are better somewhere else than on your mind. You you know, your brain makes a really good creative organ. It makes a it's a great tool for creating stories and making connections, but it's a lousy alarm clock and a terrible whiteboard. It's better to put that stuff somewhere external. You know, uh, David Allen's Getting Things Done, copyright David Co. 2001, uh, is, is a <laughs> terrific uh, system for understanding that. Uh, once you've done a mental sweep, you'll realize how much junk you were trying to keep in your, you know, your RAM. That's a technical term. 
But the thing is, if you run that rescue, what's it called? What I call it? Rescue time? Rescue time. Rescue you run time. that. Forget about it, right? Set it and forget it. Don't worry. Don't look at it. Don't fiddle with it. Don't set it up any more than you need to. But then go and look at it a week later. What will that tell you? That will tell you how you spent your time and where you focused your attention, right? I mean, most of us, most of the people listening to this right now um, are probably nerds in some form or fashion. You use a computer a lot of the time. Wouldn't it be valuable to know how you actually spend your time? And I learned this. I've learned this. Uh, I remember back when I had my, my real job with Dave, um, we had to, we worked for lawyers. And so we had to report, you know, down to 15 minutes, like what we were doing. And we used this really janky, what was it called? Oh, I forget, time tracker or something, because it was networkable. Um, but through the day, I had a, <laughs> I have a day runner. I had one of those old school, like, and I had my little pencil and I would mark out in 15 minute increments how I spent my time, write down the code for the project, and then a note to myself about what I did. Um, I mean, if I was really smart, I'd run the timer and use it. But again, if you forget the timer, you know, you got to fix all that. It's super annoying. The bookkeeper guy wonders why you have, you know, 17 hours today on something. But the point is, if I didn't do that in my book, and believe me, I did, because the days when I didn't, I would have to go back through and like, I would do stuff like go and look at preferences, recent files, any of that to try and jog my memory about where that time went. Having to keep that time in a book really forced me to think about my time in some ways, right? Because I was expected to have so many billable hours a week, and I was certainly expected to report it correctly. But if I weren't writing it down, or if I weren't using it and typing it right in the robot, I could come up with all these, you know, I could <laughs> confabulate all these crazy ideas about where my time went. Uh, there's a point to all of this. So you think of yourself as being this kind of person. You think of yourself as being the kind of person who does this sort of job, has this kind of attention, has these sorts of opinions, does these kinds of things. I'm just telling you, buddy, you go in there and find out that you spent two hours on Twitter, that it's, this is no longer uh, a subject of conversation. This is no longer, the, the robot knows where you went. It's all there. It's, you just go in there and you see pie charts that just blow your mind. And so well, I, I'm suggesting that because if you're a smart person and you're a creative person, uh, you might need a fair amount of persuasion to even consider that, A, you're not managing your attention mindfully and transitively, mm -hmm. and B, in the absence of that, you're paying attention to a lot of stupid crap. Um, so anyway, I don't want to beat that to death, but before you can get good at managing your attention, you first have to be aware that you have attention. You're, you're paying attention to things whether you mean to or not. This goes back to meditation and focusing on your nostrils. It's almost, you know, don't think of an elephant, right? The only way you can not think of an elephant is to think of an elephant and then try not to. And in this instance, to, have, to be aware of your attention, you could do stuff like have a little bell that rings every hour to remind you or something to refocus or whatever. But it, it's, that's really illuminating. And that, again, now that is really tactical stuff. That is really down and dirty how you spend your time day to day. But think about this. How'd you pay attention in your 20s? <laughs> think about the rescue time for your 20s yeah. what would that look like in my case I'm so glad I paid attention to. So, I'm so glad I listened to Built to Spill, Spill and, and like listened to Pavement and watched you know um, watched Seinfeld I'm glad I watched Seinfeld I bring it up all the time I'm glad I watched The Simpsons I'm glad I read Ben is Dead but I also, I also spent a lot of time obsessing about really stupid stuff or letting something take my attention away and derail me back to our episode from what last week think about how being angry can make you change where your attention goes. You might sit there and stew. You might sit there and fiddle. You might tag MP3s. It's hard to be creative when you're angry, I think. 
That's not strictly true. I've written some really good stuff when I'm mad, at least a good first draft. But your emotions can really carry you away. Um, distractions. I mean, and just to distinguish here, I, I, would, I would distinguish distractions. A lot of people think of distractions as being like <laughs> having things on your desk, desk. I would think of a distraction as more like an interruption. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a distraction, a distraction can be something you bring, can be and often is something you bring on yourself Whereas an interruption is something that forces you to stop what you're doing. It's the tap on the shoulder to ask where the stapler is. You know what I mean? It's the little ding ding that lets you know you've got mail. All of those things can steal your attention away. And it's, it's why I always suggest people turn off automatic email. Dan, Dan Benjamin, what did, what did, I, uh, what did I text you about just this very morning Pacific time? You said sent me some kind of uh, email alert. Yeah. That I got with, uh, and it's about recording today's show, and you wanted to allow two hours and, and ten minutes to record today's show. Oh, okay. So, yeah, well, we were going back and forth about what I was telling how I like to, even yeah. if I, I like to add people's email, this is a separate thing, but I like to add people's email addresses in Google Calendar events. It was very cool. Yeah, because if you've got the bit flipped in Google Calendar, it'll now show you in the title who your one-on-one is with, Very if it's cool. with one person. So that alone is really helpful. But here's why I really love that is because of this service called a Wayfind that I wish would sponsor the show because they're really good. Why don't they? Well, you know, we charge a lot. But a Wayfind is so super cool. It hooks up, you OAuth your way in or whatever you nerds call it to your, your Gmail account, and you can do several things. First of all, you can set important people. So you can say whenever Dan Benjamin emails me, uh, and I don't want to get off track here, but there's a variety of ways you can do this. You can get an SMS. You could push it. You could send an email, which kind of seems silly to me. Or with the app, it'll push a notification to your iPhone. So every time I get an email from Dan, and I get a lot of email from Dan, mm-hmm. I, I get a little song that plays on my phone, and I can go and go directly to Dan's email. I don't have to go to my inbox. I don't have to see all that other stuff. I don't have to see, you know, who favorited the pin of my of my uh, Insta thing. Like I, all I'm going to get, I'm going to go straight to Dan's message. I can reply to Dan's message. That's cool. So I have a list of about 10 or 15 people that, where I get a, a push notification. Other thing you can do with that, uh, if like me, you use the web interface for Gmail, there's a plugin that will let you select subject lines or ad hoc people and say, for the next N days, notify me with thus and such notification when I get email from this person. This is awesome. So if you, you know, how many times have you been stuck in your inbox? Again, putting your attention on this uncontrollable thing called your inbox, like you've got to go look at a whole bunch of stuff. You have to create a whole lot of ambiguity just to find out if, if Dan wanted to reschedule when the podcast is. So second, that's great because you can say, okay, if I ever get another thing about PayPal payment, like push that to me. And this is the cool one though. This is the third one. This is what I love. Um, well, it's not as important as those, but it's pretty great. If you put an email address, any email addresses associate with those in a Google Calendar event, if you get an email from any of those people within N hours before that meeting takes place, it automatically pushes it to your phone. So like how many times did you find out something got canceled, changed? You for, you, you, you had no it. idea. You were in you one no meeting, idea. you're ready to go to an, another meeting, you get in your car, you start driving, you're halfway there, and, and you look over and, oh, maybe I have an email, maybe I got to go check that. I can't check it, I'm driving. Or, or even worse, like you go, or you're like me, Dan, you know how tightly wound I am about meetings, oh, like man, calls. Oh, crazy. Well, no, yeah, exactly. I'm, I admit it. I'm really tightly wound. Like, I, if we say we're going to call at one, I want it to be at exactly one. Just because that's, I'm weird like that. But, you know, let's say somebody else really, like, called you or e- let's say somebody emailed you the night before to go, I can't make it. And, you, and you're like me and you didn't check your email. You'd be there at one going, where is this person? 
Well, delays, anything, anything you need to know, you find out immediately. So why am I telling you this? Because there's some part of you, maybe if you know somebody that doesn't make it to meetings, or if you know that you're, you're waiting on somebody to approve something that's a dependency in your project, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to do what everybody does. You're going to sit in your goddamn inbox all day and not get anything accomplished. Because some part of your brain is going to be eaten up with wondering what's in there that you might need to know about, right? What is an inbox? It's a place that might contain things you might need to know about, which is the recipe for crazy. And so a service like a Wayfind. Another one I like is called Other Inbox. We could talk about that if you want. But you know, email in particular, uh, I don't know if you've heard me talk about email before, but I think email is something where it will take as much of your attention as you can give it. Really, anything can do that, but email is special. Twitter takes my attention because I enjoy writing for it, and uh, to some extent now I enjoy reading it. But <laughs> yeah, Habari, guys, Habari. <laughs> Remind me to come back to Habari because that's what right. we're talking about. But <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to spend all of my time worrying, and I don't want to falsely ameliorate my worrying by standing over something I don't have any control over. That's bananas. Um, and so little services like that, it's hacky, but it works. I got to tell you, man. Do you use the important uh, inbox in Gmail? No, because I don't really use Gmail. Oh, because you're... But you know, that's in there as a folder, I think. I, I use it on my phone all the time. That's I don't like, think it works that way if you're on... Maybe it does, but Google Apps is maybe a little, little bit oh, different. Oh, okay. Google I don't know. It's weird. It's Google Apps. You pay, but you get a lot of stuff later. It's really weird. Much later. Yeah, features. Um, I love the important inbox in um, in Gmail. It's, it's, it's so far like... It Gmail's, actually works, right? It actually works pretty well. And if it didn't work, you hit the little yellow arrow and de-importantize it. Um, and what's neat is if you mouse over, it'll show you why it thought that was important. Uh, this sounds like, you know, just another life hack show, but these are all things that help you pay attention to, what do I want to say? Valuable things. And we should, we should uh, after our little, uh, I want to talk about something I like, but we should, I think, I think the goal of attention management if you want to call it that, not even attention management. I mean, you should pay attention to things that you like, but I think you should also learn how to discover and pay attention to things that have a high ROI, right? What is the return on investment for what you pay attention to? Um, I, I, I'm going to be that guy. I think paying attention to a blog that updates 50 times a day, I would think about what the ROI on that is. The signal to noise ratio on that can be really problematic. There is no bottom to that. They will always have more blog posts for you. And unless that attention you're giving to that is helping to feed into how you spend your time, you're just going to be stuck on spending your attention and time on this one thing. You're never going to learn where to iterate, right? I mean, you could be out there reading the wrong books. If you buy the wrong O'Reilly book and get frustrated, you may miss out on something that could be really cool. If I jump straight into the, again, trough versus CD, like if I don't have enough expertise to know how to get started, you know, Arnold Robbins does a great job with this, but <laughs> I think this is true for tons of stuff. You know, if you start, go, start going straight into the thing that's stickiest to, to, to you, the thing that's most emotional to you, the thing that, that is most flattering to you, all these ways of spending your attention, you know, the things, the things that cause, think about all the things, the reasons we look at these blogs and stuff. We love the novelty. We love the emotional charge we get out of it. We love the answer to something that may or may not even be a question, turns out. That's addictive. And so the idea behind the attention management issue to me is you'll never get to that point of managing your time well if you don't understand that that's a constant oscillation. 
And this is why I say the art of art is the ability to know in the moment when to oscillate between where you place your attention and how you spend your time. That those two work together. Those nouns and verbs work together and in ways that you, you can't even always be aware of. Um, but it does start with understanding that the attention issue exists and that you may not be as good at it as you think. And so I'm going to tell you about this thing I like called Squarespace. You heard of this Squarespace? I'm not at all familiar with it. Can you tell me something about it? Yes. Uh, Squarespace uh, is the only vacuum that doesn't lose suction. <laughs> is that guy creepy to you, that Dyson guy? Isn't he kind of creepy? He's a, he's a little intense, and there's this a little awkward pause between the different things that he says. Yeah, there's something about the the like when a person wants to be in their commercial. I think a lot of like local places, you know, they they get the used car guy to do it. You know, there was yeah. this guy, uh, Tom, Tommy Van Scoy, this guy in Tampa used to do his own ads for the Diamond Place. Real, real creepy. Carvel ice cream. You know, everybody talks like this. Yeah. Arts Motors. Um, thank God, you know, Anthony seems like a good guy, but, uh, but it's nice that he's letting us do this because obviously we're pros at this. Or little Ryan. He said Dada the other day. Did you hear about that? <laughs> Squarespace is, uh, is an outstanding <laughs> service for, uh, for, for easily creating a website, a portfolio, a blog, whatever it is that you want to do. And, uh, they had their big event. I feel bad we didn't get, we didn't mention this last time. They had their big uh, what was it, like a meetup. Did you go to this thing last night, Dan? No. Yesterday? Nope. Whew. Man, you're killing me. But they do have the food. Why? Truck, why it? does it bother you that I didn't go to it? Why? Because little Ryan's going to grow up right before you. I rise, told you dude. I'm going to see him this week. It's it's going to be like a Harry Chapin song. It's going to be you know or like a Good Morning Yesterday. He's going to be riding a bike. You know, he's going to be doing science projects, and those days are going to be gone. You're not even going to have photos. Mm. You only remember what his hair looked like right now. Lil Ryan. Um, so they got a food truck. Let's say that again. Is it, uh, it's austin.sqsp.com. I put it in show notes. You yep. can look it up there. And so uh, really, even if you uh, listen to this program in the next couple days, you can go and get some food. They got pork days. They got beef days. They got hot dog days. Taco um, days. Taco days. <laughs> that was one of my favorite uh, Suzanne Vega records, I think. Taco days. Taco days. Taco days. They, you can um, go in there and meet Paul. Meet the top chef. Is his, name Paul, his name is Paul Chef. Paul Key. Paul Key. Is he a local for? He only eats local people? <laughs> now, what about Padme? Is Padme still on there or is she gone? Is no, Padme? she's very much there. Oh, my God. She's adorable. That scar it slays me. She, she's not there, though, right? She's not in the truck. Uh, no, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's Top Chef truck. I think it just had Paul. What there. would it cost to get Padme in a truck, in your opinion? <laughs> Probably more than uh, any of us will earn. That's from an automobile accident. She got that. It was a very bad. She used to be married to Salman Rushdie. Did you know that? I did know that. Okay. Um, I love Squarespace. Uh, I spend a lot of time in Squarespace just because <laughs> it's fun to use. Um, we will actually keep this incredibly short and say you should just go to Squarespace and check it out. If you need a blog, if you have a blog, you want to move it over from an old place. If you want someplace solid, uh, if you want to set your family and friends up someplace super solid, uh, Squarespace uh, is the place to do that. Uh, as Dan and I are, are never uh, reluctant to mention, we are, we are moving stuff there. I, I'm literally, literally moving stuff there. I'm doing lots of things there, some of which I can talk about and many of which I can't. But, um, but uh, the, way, the way that I try to frame it on this particular program is that it, even if you think you don't need it, that's cool. You may not. But you know, if you're trying to set somebody up um, with some kind of a, a web presence, I, I think it's, it's just fantastic to look at. And what's nice is now, actually right now, it's the month three, so there's a new special for this month. Uh, you get 30% off your first three months right. with Squarespace. That's a good deal. Pretty good deal. You go to squarespace.com slash back to work, and we have an offer code for this month, which is button it up. <laughs> That's one word, button it up, uh, as we do so well. 
And 30% off is a lot of percent, don't you think, Dan? It's probably the most that you could do for three months. Yeah. Any more I mean, than that would be desperate. Any less than that would be stingy. It wouldn't scale. Can't scale. Yeah. You know, one thing that's cool about this is, uh, I, I, you know, we talked about stuff like the old PHP nuke type things. It's so much easier now to just have little <laughs> stuff in your side rail. Yeah. Do you remember what a pain it was? I mean... Anyway, I don't want to FUD, I don't want to bad mouth, but it's just so freaking easy to use. And if you want your toots to show up, you just hit a button. Hit a couple of buttons, you got a website. Squarespace.com slash back to work. One word, back to work. And your offer code for this month, button it up for 30% off three months. Please go, I promise I keep it short. We thank Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. You know, I'm out of soda stream. Oh yeah, well how do you replace that? Safeway cans. Mm. Oh, I got them harming the environment. Oh, God. And so what you pay attention to is important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and uh, gosh, I could do 15 shows on this. First of all, are we on any kind of a track here that you're interested in? I, 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 li- I do like, like attention in, in general. I think that's a great, uh, great topic. What's your take on that? Appropriate, appropriate attention. Right, right attention. Is that one of the, uh, what is that, the, uh, the eight-pack or the eight-piece box? Is that part of the eight-piece box? Yeah, isn't it? Right attention. Eight-piece box. <laughs> There's a great article on this I'll put in the show notes. Um, but uh, there was, um, well, I don't know how much you want to get into Buddhism. Thing. I could do a little Buddhism. A great article about this. Please continue, Dan. Yanisa Somebody Mana told me specifically Sakara, they like... Appropriate attention. This is what the Buddha used okay. to teach, is that understanding understanding when to apply and what kind of attention to apply is is the, the kind of... the Really, in, uh, one of the core focuses of, of Buddhism is that... Um, the, being able to frame, you know, there the Buddhism addresses the problem of suffering. That's that's its main point. That's its main focus. So uh, does hydrocortisone. <laughs> that's that's true. It's over a thousand years old. Continue. Hydrocortisone is over a thousand. Oh yeah, invented by a fat man. I didn't know. In, that. In an infection in a fold. Continue. So, prime importance is given to framing the issue of suffering in, in the right way. And the answer to this, the the way to do that is appropriate intention. And uh, he said that there isn't any any other quality that's more important or better for figuring out how to deal with suffering. And uh, it's it's just it's a it's a big topic in in Buddhism, appropriate attention. And and that is, you know, I think there was there's a story. I don't know whether it's you know true or just uh, or whatever, but apparently there was a Zen master and he was asked you know on his deathbed what what teaching would he if there were you know what what would be his la- his parting words his last his last thing that he could possibly say that would teach and what would it be and and he uh and and he said very much like the buddha said on his deathbed appropriate attention this is what this is what it comes down to is understanding what to pay attention to and how to pay attention to it and that is the core Focus. So to hear you talk about this is is something that I you know it, it chimes with me because I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Appropriate attention, knowing, understanding what what kind of attention to apply and when to apply it. 
that this sounds easy, right? But it's very, it does. very challenging. But it, it also gets into something you end up talking about a lot. And I, I haven't done the research to find out if you're out of your nut or not, but you talk a lot about like what kind of environment we live in, <clears throat> whether it's natural in the sense of, you know, right, yeah. or normal, because we are animals and, you know. Well, you, um, you are, but. <laughs> right, right. Can you sit on it? <laughs> like an animal. Like an animal. Not every, right. I think not everybody listens to the other show, which is that's shame me. on you. Kills shame me. on you. I still got to listen to the uh, Dalrymple beard. I haven't heard that yet. Oh, that's a good one. He's a nice he's guy. A, I like him. I met him like twice, wow. and uh, he won't remember me, but he's super cool. Um, he's at that loop place. Yeah. You know, you know what? Can I just say that site? Like they're not dicks. Like that site is like I guess they're making money off it, but it's not unusable. That is the worst compliment ever tendered. <laughs> I think like that site is very pretty, and they figured out a way to have ads in a way that's not really stupid. Right. I think it's great. I think it's great. I don't like that guy. He won't remember me. I think I think uh, I drank tequila with him once, if memory serves, and probably doesn't. Um, yes. And and again, I'll, now I'll jump on to your thing that may or may not be sane and true, but it, it strikes me that uh, if you are this notional like person living in a cave... You know what kinds of things to pay attention to. I mean, you don't have that many choices. You're like, you don't have to decide between Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley because you don't have a TV. Like, there, there is a certain, you know, we'll always have, find things to pay attention to. That's how our brain works. It's why being deprived of sensory input can be so maddening. Um, but I think, uh, to get back to our wheelhouse, if you're in the nerd rackets, uh, it can be very difficult to know what to pay attention to. Uh, and that we've certainly seen that in things like, uh, like, you know, looking at our friend Richard A back in E7, you know, thinking about when you are in your, you know, when you're in your teens or twenties, it's, there's something really maddening. (laughs) There's a certain freedom in being an idiot because you don't even know what you don't know. You don't know what you're not paying attention to correctly. And God willing, someday you'll find your comfort with what you do know, what you don't know, what you need to know. But in between can be really awkward. Anytime that you know something's not right, but you're not sure why, it can feel really crazy making. And I think a lot of us, this, this again gets us to a return to an old friend. This gets us back to the Dreyfus model of skill acquisition. Because as we acquire a, any given skill, there are times when we know enough to think we know stuff, but we don't know enough to know that we don't actually know that much. Mm-hmm, right. That's not uncommon at all. But there is a terrible feeling. I mean, it's almost like, in my case, as I get older, the tip of the tongue phenomenon where I, I know I know something, but I'm not sure. Well, uh, there's times in our lives where all we know is that this is not what we want or all we know is this isn't right. And it's not always clear what that next step is. This is how we get better at things. We get better at things by you know, making it through this. <clears throat> and, and again, I, I can't get away from this. If you, if you learn how to spend that time, you're rewarded with knowing where to put your attention and vice versa. That sounds like, you know, like Stephen Covey talk or something, but it's, in my experience, it's been really true. Um, expertise is what tells you how to do that. And if you don't have that yet, it's really frustrating. And that matters if you're in, doing knowledge work. That matters if you're doing creative work. And I mean, let's go with a classic Merlin Mann kind of example. If you're having tr- trouble solving a problem, right? Let's say you're even doing something, you're doing something in Rails and you're not sure of the best way to do it. Well, you could certainly go do a quick search on something. You might be able to go look at, you know, some kind of poignant guide and find out what you need to do, which might, if you're not careful, end up leading you down a real rabbit trail. You might, might end up never getting back to the problem you were trying to solve. You may find yourself wondering if you should be doing rails or doing farming. You may end up going in this direction that takes you so far away from where you wanted to be in the first place that 
it's, it ends up not being all that useful. And I, I, and I'm not trying to say that you, that any of us ever necessarily always get great at that, but you find yourself doing that less as you get better at what you do. And yes, as you care more about what you do, because there's something inside of you, there's this little warmth in your heart that tells you what you should be going back to spending time on. It's one, it's one blessing of not being 20 and single. <laughs> Cause boy, you know, you can yeah. get a lot of headaches, you know, uh, paying attention when you're 20. Uh, but here's some things to think about when you're looking at where your attention goes. Um, there are, I think there's, this goes to the inbox thing. This goes to the blog reading thing, the RSS issues. I think there's a part of us. I know there's a part of me and I'm damn sure there's a lot, big part of a lot of you, which is I worry that I'm missing something here. I worry that news is going to happen. I worry that I'm not going to have an opinion fast enough about something, Right. I, I worry that, that things are going to pass me by that I need to know about or uh, for many of us that we need to know about sooner. And that keeps us really hooked on paying attention to the latest, right? And, and to put this in productivity terms, a great phrase from David Allen from Getting Things Gun, uh, Done, which is copyright David Code 2001, is the obsession with what he calls <laughs> latest and loudest, right? And this is how most of us run our lives until we get a better system, which is whatever's on top of the pile and we're getting yelled at the most about is what we pay attention to even though there may be stuff deeper in the pile that could tell us something about whether we even want that job. We end up, if we get so involved in the day-to-day, what he calls runway level of our tasks, we could really lose the big picture. And of course, at the other end, you don't want to have so much big picture, you never get the little things done. But there's that, there can be this sense of like, think about the heart of procrastination uh, to me, which is that I have all of these things that I have to do. I know I'm not doing any of them. And if I'm careful and watch myself, pay attention to what I'm doing, I'll discover that I don't think I'm allowed to do any of them because the second I do one, I realize I probably should be doing something else hmm. and then nothing gets done. See also a person with 50 tasks on their to-do list every day. So what's missing? Well, eventually, hopefully, for a while, you learn to make your peace with the fact there's always something you're missing. You can't be complete. This is like a girdle's incompleteness thing. You can't know everything up to date all the time. You'll, you'll never have it all. You'll, you'll, you, you can't have it all. And that's where we get in these issues of tolerance about what you can stand to not know for a certain amount of time. And the older I get, the more I learn. My, my tolerance for not knowing so many things, I'm just so okay with. I mean, it's, well, I love this Habari app. <laughs> the ability to um, ban keywords and hashtags has really improved my life and made me enjoy Twitter. But the, the what's missing part will always dog us because we can't ever have it all. And, and until we have basic parameters and rules and a, a framework for understanding what we do from day to day, I, I don't know if this is being too generic. I don't know if this is being too general. Um, but I think about starting out at any new task, it's hard, to know, it's hard to know what to pay attention to because all the information seems equally important. And, in some, some, and if you're not careful and you just sit around and look at forums all day long, you may not even know what, where you should put credence. So... How about this? I mean, when I think, I kid you about the New York Times and stuff like that. But the one thing I hear from people a lot is like, I've got to read all these things because this is how I learn about new things. This is how I keep up to date. I don't have a single problem in the world with that. Um, But I, I think if you're paying attention to the right things, I mean, think about this. I mean, you could sit there and try to read 100 blogs every day. Like 100, like, you know, bloggity blog blogs. Sure. That put out a bunch of posts every day. And, and you could read those and read those and read those and still 
if you're if you're at a hundred blogs a day and you still worry that you're missing stuff, you've got a much bigger problem than missing stuff. You've got a problem that if you had that were a thousand blogs, you would still feel like you weren't missing things. And are you ready for this? The more of that stuff you put in your pile, the more likely you are to actually miss something that's big. And so what I do personally is like I just can't stand all these here's a funny link sites. So I have like two or three that I look at. I can't look at the high volume ones. Uh, follow uh, Paul Cafasis because he uh, has what is he uh, one foot tidal wave, two foot tidal wave, something tidal wave. Rogue oh, uh, one foot tsunami is one it? foot tsunami. I read his things. He's great at finding a funny link. You know what I read? I read the Presurfer. The Presurfer's been around forever, but it's like every day here's like eight or ten funny links, well curated. But I can't keep up with the volume of the blogosphere, and I don't want to. What you know what I want? I want to follow this stuff just enough to know when there's something I shouldn't miss, and that this is a new blog that I should follow. And I discovered things like Guy English, you know, uh, I, I discovered things like, um, what are some of the other examples? But there are people that may not post a lot, but like, I want to know what they think about it. Yeah, I read Daring Fireball because I wanted to hear everything John has to say. Uh, and I learn a lot about what John's paying attention to. Like a good curator is someone who pays attention well. Um, a great curator is somebody who pays attention well and then gives you context for understanding why you should, might want to pay attention to it. So that's what I look for. I mean, to me, I'm like meta-reading. I'm looking for stuff to read, but I'm also looking for new people to tell me what to read. And how is that different in some ways from mentorship? Mentorship is finding somebody who can tell you what to pay attention to, right? That person may not be able to give you a new alarm clock, but they sure may be able to tell you, hey, you're paying an awful lot of attention to this thing that is historically not a a source of high-yield information for somebody who does what you and I do for a living. Yeah. And, you know, and your mileage may vary. You should still feel free to always go out and do your own thing. But that sense of feeling like we don't have it all or that sense of feeling like we've got to keep up with it all is just crazy making. I apologize if you've heard this a thousand times, but you probably need to hear it again. I, I know I frequently do. And there's another one. In, in addition to, you know, what am I missing? Uh, this is more emotional. But this is like, what's sticky? What's easy for me to get? Like, what has become automatic for me? Do you know what I mean? And in my case, if, if I'm not sure what I'm doing, sometimes I'll just sit there and reload Twitter or reload my newsreader. I got to be honest, and this sounds like an excuse, and it probably is, it might be. But like, sometimes I'm just thinking about something and I'm idly clicking. Sometimes on my iPhone, I first learned about this from Gruber, that he did this, and I was really happy to learn I'm not the only one. I'll sit there and look at something, and I'll just go, fluka, fluka, and just pull the page down and let it pop back up. And it, it just kind of settles me for a minute. You know what I'm talking about? That awesome little animation where you pull something down? Mm-hmm. I'll do that sometimes because that's fun to do. I, I love doing that in Reader to go to the next story. Um, sometimes, a minority of the time, I'm doing that because I am just thinking about something. But I can be damn sure this doesn't even take rescue time, although it sure helps. But when I realize how much of my time in a week, if I suddenly see a spike in going to attention sinks, I know that something's not right. Right? If If... You know, on the one end of the spectrum, if I, if I should have a clue about what I do for a living and how I want to spend my time, if I'm spending a really, really, really large amount of time in my newsreader, even if it's full of really, really good stuff, that's still, for me, that's not a good use of my attention. And I should know that. Even if, you know what I'm saying? So even if there's 10,000 more, 10,000 times more links than usual, let's say I've got 5 million links in my newsreader, that should not make me have to go read them all with the same amount of attention. On the one hand, that's too much input. I need to trim that down. But on the other hand, like when you let the world decide how big your inbox is, you are mega screwed. Because the inbox, it will always, there will always be more stuff out there. 
But if you find it sticky to go, in my case, J, 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 <laughs> through, through Google Reader, you know, J and K, like up and down, um, that's just a gesture that has become so automatic and so fast for me. But I like it. It feels good. I do it. I'm learning things. I'm reading things. It's very, very sticky. Um, to hit that hot button again, political stuff. Think about how many times you go and you reload. Go look at that. Go look at uh, just go look at your web history and do a search for the domain name of where you get most of your hothead political or celebrity news, and it'll blow your mind how many how many pages you've been to, how many rat holes you've gone down with that. Now, if that is helping you make a better decision as a citizen in the electorate, that is terrific. If you're looking for more reasons to feel mad and correct, you are wasting your time. You have ample reasons to feel mad and correct, and it's not making you a better person. What are you making? What are you doing? Chaos there. That's what you got to look at. Because if it starts feeling too comfortable, you're not challenging yourself anymore. It's worth mentioning in passing. Let's mention, we've mentioned this before, but let's mention in passing um, Csikszentmihalyi's flow and the, the little graphic. <laughs> Csikszentmihalyi. C-H-I-C. <laughs> we'll find that graphic and put it up in notes again. But here's a wonderful graphic uh, oh God, Dan, I always get this wrong. Expertise and challenge. Like, what are you really good at? And then how much challenge are you getting? And he has a wonderful little adjective for describing, uh, you know, high to low challenge and high to low expertise things, what that looks like on an XY axis. Um, and tagging your MP3s is something I am really, really good at, but it doesn't take a lot of effort. It's not hard. Watching TV, very low level of challenge, and I'm good at it. If I start doing uh, what, like differential equations or something, I don't even know what that means. Like if I start going in and trying to do trig, that's going to be extremely high level of challenge and I must tell you zero expertise. Right. So I'm going to get frustrated, right? If I have low expert, let's say, let's say I, have, I think it's low expertise and low challenge, you're going to be bored. Anyway, you see where this goes. With his, his notion being, and I think he's got like 16 books out of this one pretty good idea, is that at a high level of challenge and a high level of expertise is when we go into flow. And that is when our, we don't even notice our time and attention. We're just doing good stuff. We don't need a list of 50 things. We know what to do, right? That's, that's, that's when you've got the force, right? You're just getting that stuff done. Um, I'm sorry, this is turning into a rant. I think you can always come up with reasons with why your attention needs to go to more of these things, more of these things, all these different things. But like, like I've said before, and we'll post the link to this really long video I did, ironically enough, but there's always somebody out there who doesn't start making money until you forget who you are and until you're not sure what to pay attention to. And th those people will never go away. They will never, they will never start making money by telling you to leave. And so that will always be, these are not bad people, but this is true, right? Um, hopefully listening to this is a good use of your time and a good use of your attention. If you want to shut this off and go make something, you'll never make me mad. But you're the only one who can govern where that attention goes. Yes, you can go to other people and learn new places for your attention to go. But it's going to be impossible for you to manage your time unless you also learn to focus your attention. And it's hard to do either one of them if you don't know what you care about. This is good stuff. Yeah. This is almost like a best of. I don't know if it's best of. It's definitely a hits, greatest hits. It's definitely yeah, it's the greatest hits episode. You know what it is? It's a box set. It's, a, it's like an ELO box set. Did we leave off Evil Woman? <laughs> I used to think he was saying, Medieval Woman. <laughs> I love ELO. You want to button this up? Yes. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.